y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Bad Talks. Um, we have been committed to bringing you guys shows that help to inspire you, especially during this time of quarantine. We know people are getting restless. I think we're like eight or nine weeks in, depending on what part of the country uh, you live in. But we are uh, committed again to like having people who can come on and kind of help us through this time period. And we're really excited today to have Miss Ann Bernard on the show. Welcome to the show, Ann. Hey, thank you. So happy to be here. Yes, we are so excited to have you. Um, for those of you who don't know Anne, she's going to tell you a little bit about some things she's been working on which um, have helped her in moments of depression. Um, but the name of the uh, initiative that she started is called the 365 First Challenges. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means and how you started this uh, special initiative? Absolutely. So I am, yeah, I am the master of first times, the creator of the 365 First Challenge. And it's something that I started after being on my own journey of first time in your experience for the last seven, eight years, which is a journey that started after I hit uh, my rock bottom. So I was on, I was an entrepreneur for a few years pursuing startups, doing different things and everything failed and I would try again and I gave it my, my all and it just wasn't working out. And I found myself on my knees, gave my life over to God and then God set me on this incredible journey where I'm traveling to new places and I'm deciding, hmm, I'm in a new place, I should try something new. And while in new places, I'm doing new things and my relationship with life completely changed and switched. And I got to see, wow, life has so much to offer. And I was benching all of that because I was so driven and ambitious and focused and I want to build you know a multi-million dollar company and I wanted these things and that and once I was I had all that then I would do all of these other things right so I know there's a lot of people that say that and yes as an entrepreneur you have to work hard but you should never forgo living life and God made me realize just life has so much to offer so I was doing that that was so I left Europe and I continued to travel. I did some writing and I ended up back in Europe. And when it was time for me, I knew it was gonna be my last time I was gonna be mobilized with the Marine Corps. Like it was time for me to part ways after twenty-four years with the Marine Corps. And I decided to reclaim the title entrepreneur and in doing so, ensuring that I would bring something to my audience to the world to people i wanted to find an easy way for them to start their own journey of first time in your experiences so i created 365 first challenge and last december i launched an app to make it even easier so it's just my minimal viable product right now so the app allows you to make your list of things that you've never done before based on the different categories and in the future though i, I have all these great plans for the app because my mission in life is that I want to raise human potential. I want to help people break out of the constant loops that they're in, teach them and help them to maximize what they get out of living and just become a lot more efficient at what they do so they can really enjoy life in the process. So the concept of facing your fears, it's a real thing, huh? Because as you face your fears each time, that fear gets a little bit smaller, smaller, and smaller. And that's what I hear as, as I, I, I listen to you speak on first, you know, first time experiences. 
So I have a great story about this. When I was nine years old, I got locked in the bathroom with my worst fear, a spider. So I was cleaning the bathroom and I saw a spider and I came running out, just screaming, yelling. And my stepmom came running down to find out what was going on. I told her and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. And she locked me in the bathroom with the spider. She's like, you're not coming out till you kill it. And I just went even more just, just just nuts just I'm trying to get out and then a calm washed over me and a voice said you can be trapped by your fears or you can be freed by facing them so at nine years old I got that calm message I killed a spider I was let out of the bathroom and I decided that from that moment on I was going to face my fears now as I got a little older so just facing my fears I started chasing after them so I knew that I wanted to be fearless. There's no fear that was ever going to stop me from doing anything. Now, what happened is I definitely, I became, I had extremely high confidence. Nothing will stop me. I, I will do anything. But that did not address what self-limiting beliefs that I had. So yeah, I'll jump out of a plane. But if you ask me like, Anne, you know, do you want to do this craft? I'd be like, nah, that's not my thing. I don't do crafts. Like... <laughs> And it, and it wasn't because I was afraid of doing craft, but I had a self-limiting belief about crafts and about arts and about music, about the things that growing up I was not necessarily good at, or I was actually told that I was bad at it. So now that I'm on this journey of first time in your experiences, I'm like, I don't know why I believe that, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it. And I can't, I don't care if I'm good at something. I just want to do it. I want to have the experience. And I've also realized that if I want to be good at it, I just have to do it more. I just have to learn the techniques, the ways, and commit the time to it. If I just want to have the experience, I'll just have the experience. If I want to master it more, then I'll give it the proper time that it requires. So that journey that was that I've been on really set things in a like elevated things for me. So absolutely, facing your fears is key to uh, getting over your fears, developing greater, greater confidence, but it's not the end all, the be all. There's other little things that you're probably unaware of. Awesome. Wow. Out of all your um, 365 first challenges, what is your favorite or a favorite that you've observed you know, someone else do that you felt pretty proud that either you accomplished or they were able to accomplish? Oh, I love that question. So my favorite, it's hard to pinpoint a favorite, but I will say that doing those things, like doing crafts and doing things with my hands. So I took my stepmom and we went to a glass blowing uh, class. It was more like work, working with the with the torch. And we made these little glass necklaces and uh, cork, like wine um, toppers out of glass. And that was just such an amazing experience to watch, to watch my stepmom make those things and watch her focus and attention to it and then get to do it. And afterwards, she was so ecstatic. And I actually took one of my sisters and her husband and we went and did archery for the first time together. And just how excited they were afterwards because they'd done something new and because you release dopamine when you do something new. So it, it is such an honor to share a first time with someone and to watch that excitement. Ooh, 
another real quick story. I took my 89-year-old neighbor to have sushi for the first time. Oh, wow. So to share a first time it wasn't my first time with sushi but to introduce a first time to someone and she had lived a pretty pretty active exploratory mm-hmm. life so it's not like she just never had sushi and she was you know when i said well let me take you out to have sushi for, for her birthday for her 89th birthday she loved it she's like absolutely and it was such a it was such an honor uh, unfortunately, the good sushi restaurant I would take her to was closed, and we ended up at this other place. It was not as good, and she was she was like, "Do you think this is good sushi?" And I'm like, "Sure, yes." Try it first time. <laughs> it, was, it was not it was not the ideal sushi, but I didn't want her to think that her first time was bad sushi. <laughs> Man, let me ask you something. Um, when whenever you're dealing with a level of resistance, um, a level of struggle, challenges. In your opinion, why does that make you stronger? I know we say it all the time, what doesn't kill you make you stronger, you know, but what is what do you find is the true reasoning behind that? I mean, the, the fact that it takes challenges to stretch us. It's okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I actually hate that saying, what doesn't kill you only mm-hmm. makes you stronger because, again, being having been in the military, I've lost a Marine to suicide and the suicide rate, not just within the military, but people. I hate that saying because for some people, it kills them. Like, they're, whatever they're dealing with, it does, it's not making them stronger. It ends their life. But I think that being exposed to things that we've never done to hardship and, and struggle allows us to grow so if you're willing to grow and to learn from the experience in your life then it will have a positive impact but if it's you know if it's putting so much pressure and you're not be able to expand under that pressure to handle the pressure then it has the possibility of, of breaking you so that's why it's another reason why i think the journey of first time in your experience is a very important because you're putting yourself under that that journey right of doing things you've never done before therefore encountering being uncomfortable not not, not knowing how it's going to pan out being in the unknown when you get comfortable to having those emotions to having those feelings then you become a lot more adaptable and able to handle any sort of change of situation that comes your way. Which I think in the time and age that we are now in and will continue to be in, it's critical for people to become extremely adaptable to change. So if you're not flexible, if you can't roll with the punches and go with the flow, then life is gonna become more and more difficult. And you can train yourself to be that way. So let me ask you, do you allow your faith to help stretch you or your mindset? Is it your faith that allows you allows you to be stretched to try new experiences, new adventures? Is it your mindset or is it a combination of both? It's definitely a combination of both now because I, so I, I have such a curiosity for life, for exploring and discovering things and I just find it fun. Like I understand I might crash and burn, but am I having fun in the process? Like I, I don't worry about outcomes so i'm teaching a course right now and i'm teaching some coaches and last week we were doing like why do people feel disappointment we feel disappointment because we have an attachment to expectation and the outcome if you can detach yourself from the outcome and just enjoy the process and then realize that things are worth doing to just do them 
not because of the outcome or what's at the end of it, but because of just doing it. So I have that mindset. And at the same time, though, I know that ultimately it's all in God's hands. So I shared my vision, right? I want to raise human potential. I have a massive, I want to create this massive movement of people who end up on a journey of first time in your experience in order to grow who they are and improve and change and maximize what they got out of life. If that doesn't happen, right? And I'm putting a lot of effort, <laughs> trust me, I'm working some extremely long days and putting a lot of effort, but that's in God's hands, right? If that doesn't happen, all that effort, I'm not going to, you know, all that effort was still worth it because it, it grew me, it expanded me and, but ultimately it's in God's hands. Does that kind of answer yeah, that well, question? Yeah, they, well, they pretty much correlate together. So you, yeah. you did answer, it's a part of your personality. Um, your mindset, but it's also a part of your, of, of your faith or your foundation. But it's such a, it's such a, it made such a huge difference for me to not be on the hook of the outcome, to know that God's on the hook of the outcome, because I am such a result-driven person. So when I say this, trust me, like I'm a DD on the disassessment. You don't get more <laughs> result-driven than that. So it, you know, I have to constantly remind myself and then constantly pray and constantly turn it over to God. So it is always the mindset and then the prayer and just a release to God. Because if, if I know that if I if I take over, it's not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're talking to another result-driven individual right across from you. Well, life, well, life, has, life has a way of making you slow down and be patient. Like I, I think we've all been there where we've been ambitious towards something and because we're just hard on ourselves we want more and more and more and when we don't get that outcome it's so easy to like just beat ourselves up but I, I like the fact that you've been through having some difficulties and challenges because there's someone out there listening right now that's like look I'm super depressed yeah 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 this sounds all great that I'm gonna feel better to do this new thing but I just right now I can't figure out what you know what my next job's gonna be I don't I can't figure out where my next meal is gonna come from like there's people in some extreme situations so for people like that who have tried many things and they've had failings what you know how would you advise them to like get out of that depression and frustration well, I think so if you are in survival mode then your your brain like your 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 brain chemistry is, is in a different state so you have to get out of being in survival mode first before you can take any other actions and but again it's it's difficult it's just like you know once you're depressed you don't want to act and the only thing that's going to get you out of depression is start acting so everything is working against you which is why you have to hack the process. You have to find your way out. It's the reason why exercising is good if you're depressed. Being outside is good, right? Because you have to break whatever thought process, whatever loop you're in, in order to get to see a better tomorrow. But I think also for me, faith is a big is is a big part of that because I when I hit my when I hit my rock bottom and and it wasn't after I lost everything. So after I had lost everything and was basically homeless, a friend of mine had to let, lend me some money to rent a room. And then another friend was like, hey, you know, you're still in the inactive ready, ready reserve in the Marine Corps, so you can go back in the Marine Corps, which is not what I wanted to do. You know, 
I ended up having to do things I didn't want to do, asking for help. I was very proud. So if you're in a situation where there are people around you that can help you and it's your pride that's keeping you in your situation, like that is growth because you need to grow and ask. And that's something uncomfortable. You fear probably rejection. So you have to work through the problem set that's keeping you, that's got you where you are and is keeping you where you are, Um, you know, and pride is, is, I I know that's a big thing because there's probably jobs that I could have taken when I was, you know, close, like foreclosing on my townhouse, but they're not the type of jobs I wanted to take. As a matter of fact, I did take a job as a barista and there's some people that saw me there and they're like, what are you doing here? You know, and I, and I just face it head on. I'm like, Hey, they have, you know, healthcare for part-time workers. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. what, you know? And it's still like, it was not enough to get me out of where I was, you know, how deep I was. But, um, so, you know, you have to really go exploring that and find someone that you can open up and, and let them know what's going on with you. And once, once you can break that and then bring in like little things that you've never done before, because it's good brain chemicals. You want to release dopamine, you, and stress releases bad brain chemical. You want to reverse those chemicals so that you can feel better about yourself and if you can have a little victory and just enjoying making something creating something and that's going to give you a, a a little boost to then step out and maybe go ask for a job that normally you wouldn't wouldn't you, you wouldn't have asked for or that you didn't think you could do so sometimes to get that job is you have to step up right? You got to go learn something new. So embrace the fact that, hey, I can learn a new skill. And instead of saying, well, I'm such and such age, such and such situation, I can't believe I have to, you know, start over, change that mindset around it, embrace it. Oh, wow, I get to learn something new. I need I get to try new things and look at it as an adventure and jump in with it with that mindset because that was going to make a massive difference. Yeah, I heard two things you consistently said when you were talking about your challenges of kind of figuring out things. One was like the shift in mindset, and the second was relying on something beyond yourself, which was your faith for you and your relationship with God and having to humble yourself. And so you're right. And to people, you know, a big part of like how we think and how we look at what's available available to us is in our mind. And until you like really shift your mindset around accepting and embracing things like help from other people or leaning into doing things that are uncomfortable or new to you, people stay very uh, like almost in a, a, a standing pattern, right? And yeah. So, so, so I, yeah. I'll ahead. tell you guys another story. So growing up, not that I had a really bad childhood, I didn't, but I didn't grow up where I felt comfortable, love to where like I felt safe opening up, sharing who I was. So I was a very private, closed child and I grew up like that as an adult. And uh, it was a Memorial weekend. I'm in Prague in the Czech Republic. And there was a man on the park bench. And he, I don't know what he did, but his pants were like almost completely soaked. And I wanted to go buy him a pair of pants and give it to him. But I was frozen. I did not know how to reach out to another human being and help him. Like just frozen in place. 
and like I'm in the park and now I start crying because I can't believe like I have this desire, but I don't have the ability. And then everything about my life and who I am as far as just being a very closed up person that does not make close connection or relationship was just like weighing on me. So I went back to my hotel and I prayed on it. I'm like, I, this has got to change. So the years that followed, I started doing Airbnbs. I started going to people's home while I was traveling and opening up to them. And then I started going on hundreds of first dates and opening up. Like, I, like if there was a stranger, I was going to open up. And that allowed me over the years to become a lot more open, a lot more willing to share and able to reach out to someone and say, let me help you and be able to do that instead of being so scared and not knowing how, because I never learned to do it and never found it to be safe. I am an adult now. Therefore, I have the ability to reprogram and to change every and any aspect of myself. But like I said, it took a couple of years and I went pretty extreme as far as the situation I put myself in to be able to do that. But I was determined that I was not going to stay that way. And then I have been able to volunteer in different capacities because of that and make those connections. And it's still something I have to work on. Even with my family, I had to put in a lot of that work because I was not able to connect even with my family because I did not know how to open up and be vulnerable. So it's just... It might not be easy, but what's the other what's the other option? You're going to be on this earth for hopefully, you know, 70, 80 years. So why settle for being a version of yourself that you don't want to be? Doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you don't love yourself. I hate that when people when you're like, well, I want to change this, this, I want to grow this. And people are like, well, you should love yourself. I never said I did not love myself. I love myself. The fact that I want to grow, improve, and change, don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> it just means I want to continue to be a better human being. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about the whole self-love thing. Like the self-love movement is good, <laughs> but there's another side to it that people, you know, often don't pay attention to, which is self-accountability. And that is changing certain behaviors. And, and me as a relationship coach, I'm just listening to you and understanding so much of your journey just based on you being vulnerable enough to share your childhood and how that affected you, but how you had enough self-love to recognize that I can't operate being closed off from people that I have to lean into trusting some people. And you probably had hiccups along the way where everyone didn't, you know, take that trust the right way. But the point of it was you were teaching yourself how to kind of evolve the way that you relate to others and to have more close, meaningful relationships. So that's really commendable. That's self-love, oh, actually. You. That's real self-love, people. <laughs> here live, here live on the show. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I have to concur because you said something that was key. You said the position that you had put yourself in. I don't hardly hear anyone say that anymore. And I know we don't say it a lot because it's a hard pill to swallow. But I, I, I always resort to this. The truth may hurt, but after it has hurt you, it will set you free. So just to piggyback off of what Elizabeth said, yeah, you love yourself, but you also had a component of accountability. And I heard that as well. So your, your uh, audience, those of you out there, please understand. Anne is not just talking to you guys. She's living what she's preaching to you guys, what she's actually trying to get you guys to do in facing fears, facing adversity, so forth and so on, because we have her on this show and, uh, She's given us a well-balanced, well-balanced conversation.
And you know what I like too, Anne, is that like I can so relate to the things you said. Like I'm very driven too, and I want to succeed. And Kay knows this. Oh boy, yes. And very determined to put my opinion out there. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I, at the same time, I've been humble so many times, and I, I've been able to build a better relationship with God. And that spirituality has given me more balance. Just like you said, like this is our life. Like you know, this is your life. Who do you want to? Are you being someone for someone else? Or are you being you for you? And I think it's so important. Especially now, because I think we're all sitting at home, or we have limited, you know, opportunities to entertain ourselves. So we're really having to like dig into ourselves and figure out what makes us happy. And, and generally, what makes you happy is helping others. So it's funny. I we interview a lot of people, and that do a lot of different things that bring happiness to other people. But the common theme is when we really pull out of our own selves and look to help others. That's just so much more. Um, meaningful and impactful. So, yeah. and I can tell that you you are a straight shooter. I can tell that, and I, the she's reason a, I say she's that. A well, true, but you know, I'm, I'm sure there are former Marines who may not necessarily be straight shooters. They're, they're great soldiers, but may not be necessarily straight shooters. Um, I, I say this all the time, man. I can count my my friends, my true friends, on one hand, and that may be a cliche, but I really mean it when I say it because yes, I know a lot of people. Of course, a lot of people know me, but the reason that I can count my friends on one hand is because those are individuals who will first of all tell me the truth, even if I don't want to hear it. You seem like one of those types of people, persons. I've lost friends because, honestly, if they came to me and, 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 and you know, tried to justify something, not saying I was any better than them, not saying I have not made my mistakes as well. It has always been hard for me just, OK, yeah, that's understandable. No, no. So I, I commend individuals such as yourself who really, if you are a true friend, you will not hold certain things back. You can still correct others in kindness, love, and direction and hope that you'll still have that circle of friends. But if one of the links break because they didn't like what you said and, and in love, unfortunately, you, you, you still, as they say, you know, wash the blood off your hands because you were a true, uh, true communicator to that person. Yeah, I, I used to have a saying, you know, don't don't ask me a question unless you want to hear the reason? truth, oh, because same thing. that's all same you're going to get is, is the truth. But it's the same thing that I expect back. I, I hate when I get when I get canned replies, when it's, it's just like, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. I really want to hear your honest feedback. Right. And as an entrepreneur in business and anything that I do, like if you think my app is crap, let me know. Hey, but let me know why, like, how can it get better? Same way. She's had, the same way. And that's, yes, had, same way. I had one Marine, I had written um, a rebuttal for something that I was doing and, and I gave it to him. It's a junior Marine, so I'm a major, he's a staff sergeant. I gave it to him and he comes back over and he's like scared to hand me the paper. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, I don't know, ma'am. So he hands me the paper and he had made very thorough notes on stuff that I sucked at. And I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Thank you. And he's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> thank you. He's like, do you know how people yell at me because I make these corrections? I'm like, why? Like, I, this is not a strong, suit of mine like thank you for your help and assistance I have I have no problems with people pointing out my you know my errors my mistakes and provide me feedback now when I was a kid though I did because I was so sensitive and I took everything so personal and like it was a personal attack on me but I went honest self-awareness and I and I raise you know my self-awareness and having the understanding of 
when somebody provide me criticism or feedback, whatever it is, I stop it. I look it over what is right, where are they correct? And I know myself enough to know when someone is speaking the truth and then I absorb that. Everything else, I let it go. Okay, let me grow, let me learn because I'm a constant, let me grow, let me learn um, type you know, of journey. Yeah, and, fe- and feedback yeah. is a gift. I mean, it really is. Like if you can get people, because we're too close to ourselves to see everything and we know what some of our issues or challenges are, but someone else can could step in and they could tell you something that if you tweak that one thing that can make your journey like way easier. So I think sometimes we've been, we're in a society that's a little weird right now where everyone wants commendation and I think commendation is good, but if there's no balance of like how to improve, you kind of get, you know, you get stuck. You don't go yeah. as far as you can go. And make no mistake, Anne, this is the love relational coach, Elizabeth. So hearing that component of communication, you know, uh, even if it may hurt slightly, you know, I think you can go a whole lot further in a relationship. And of course, that's yeah. her area of expertise. Um, but to hear you saying that, whether it's just from a friendship level, or whether it's a significant other level, when you are receptive you know, to criticism, you know, and you look for that so that you can grow. I think you can have couples that could possibly marry, what you say, 100 years? <laughs> yeah, we, I remember that couple, we, it was a couple that was married like... Oh, like 70, 70, 70 years. years. And, oh, and, 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 and their key was like, they really looked at the positive in each other and they recognized it wasn't going to be perfect. I think that really was what it came down mm-hmm. to. They knew there were going to be fallacies and things that they didn't connect with, but they really focused on where they connect. And I see the tie-in with what you're doing. You're getting people to connect back with themselves, the part of yourselves that sometimes gets distracted by life, by ambitions, raising children, being married, you know, all the different things that happen in life that are normal. But through all that, sometimes we just lose such a sense of like who we are. You're removing them from the matrix, Anne. You're removing (laughs) them from the matrix. (laughs) Hey, Keanu. Our presentation, where it is, the matrix, like what pill do you want? want And, you know, live... I live life, like understand what life is about and what living life is about. Like when people say, well, what's the purpose of life? It's to live it. <laughs> don't, don't complicate it. It's to live it. It's to enjoy it. And it, it's in your hands. It's in your power. It's in your control to do that. You just have to be out to, to embrace it and to do it. Um, although I have to say, I'm still a, much a work in progress when it comes to like relationship, like romantic. Well, we all are. We all are. We all are. <laughs> like I, you know, my parents um, have been married over uh, like I think they're at the 56 year mark, and I had some grandparents. My grandparents were married 60 years, and he his parents were married like over 40 years. And, I, you know, even 30, 37 or 37. 37. OK, that's pretty close. I think we could round up for that. But uh, I guess not technically. Right. <laughs> but but the point is, like it, when people are even in these long term relationships, my mother said to me one time, like, you never really fully know your partner. I'm like, what? You've been with dad like half, over half a century. And she said, yeah, but there's still new things that come up because people are constantly growing and emer- emerging into different you know, personalities at different points in time through different experiences. So no one's an expert there. So don't feel ashamed of that. We should all speak. Yeah, yeah I just met, I'm not big on even getting into the. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's another show. That's another show. We'll have to bring you back to talk through that. 
yeah, had a, so yeah. So when I was going through my hundred dates, like when I was going through like meeting a lot of people, and I was traveling, is all a big part of that. But I get to the point where I'm like, I can't sit at a table with someone. I'm like they're boring me. Like we're always gonna have to be actively doing something uh, because it made me one. It made me realize because people live, so, and I, I'm gonna put ordinary lives in quotes. Because it's a choice, again, mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's right. a choice to live that and to not get so much more out of life so that you have stories to tell and things to share and that you're exploring. And, you know, so when somebody just does the nine to five, goes home, watch TV and starts all over again, you're like, ah, I don't want to talk about TV shows. <laughs> like, what are you doing with your life? What are your interests? What are your no. passions? Are? No. And, uh, yeah. And, and I bet you out of all those dates uh, that you went on, if there was one guy who said, you know what let's not sit here and talk let's just go to a plane and let's parachute let's parachute over the pacific i guarantee you would be out of there quick fast uh well those no those are the kind of dates i was oh we are gonna have to do we can do do a show on like all the wild and crazy dates all first time dates all uh yeah we there's been some some very interesting times and that made things to where you're actually really getting to know the person. Top 10 list? Top 10 list? Top 10 list. So there was, we played disc golf and then we spent the rest of the night just playing games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, sup, went the stand up paddling, went kayaking, river kayaking. Uh, there were quite a few hiking uh, dates. One was we hike and then we went to, it was a Halloween time, so we went to do the, one of those haunted house thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that date lasted a good 12 hours. So there's, <laughs> God. I know, that's another show. <laughs> that's like another be, show. Her best, I had, her I had my dates. first two dates in one day. That was another Oh, two dates in one? Yeah, and one day, so both of them knew about each other because I was I was traveling through, so it's not like I was going to. Uh, <laughs> I was never going to see either one of them again. So. <laughs> well, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you today and learn more about your uh, 365 first challenges. Keep up the great work, you guys. There's an app. There's an app for it, right out there. Is it called 365 yeah. First Challenges? Download it. Get to live in your life. We're in quarantine, but we're not barricaded to That's our smart. houses. So there's different things you could still do and engage in right now. And why don't you tell people what you're working on right now? I think you had mentioned a webinar that you're putting together. Yeah, so I have, I have a couple webinars. So you can come do, do this. It's free webinars. Start your journey of first time in your experiences. And we talk a lot more what the benefits are and how to go about it. And then I also do a how to become a first time storyteller webinar to teach you how to tell your first time stories to share and to open up with people who you are and I also do events so 365 first event we did a sign language class so that was the first time for That's me cool. learning I learned how to sign my name and some other words so there's I do different events where it's online events they're free and you're going to get to experience more than likely a first time doing that so okay. I am there with you throughout the journey and where do you do this and where can people find you do you have a website are you on social media what's the best place to find you absolutely so i you can go to 365firstchallenge.com that's the website i would invite you to join the 365 first challenge page in the group 
Every day, Monday through Friday on the page, I do a first-time storytelling broadcast. You guys should come on and come tell a first-time story. Ooh. And so <laughs> I, I, like like you guys were saying, I, I want to, I live what I preach and I want to teach, I want to show I want to make sure that it's as easy as possible and that you are not, you don't feel alone through it. So if you use the 365 first challenge hashtag, I want people to start using the hashtag when they do something or they want to do something. So there's a community that follows the hashtags and I could support each other and help one another out, give each other pointers. So if there's something you want to try, you don't know how to start. Somebody can be like, Oh, you know, I know how to do this here. Check this out uh, to really, uh, yeah, to be a community. Yeah, of it's like a community of people. You're not by yourself. So if you're afraid, you just go here, and there's probably someone who has done the challenge you're thinking about doing, or maybe someone who wants to do the challenge along with someone else. So it's a great way to get people uh, motivated with the, you know, with the group thing, getting people mm-hmm. together on the same page. Yeah. Well, competition is good. Uh, sorry. Competition go is good. Competition is good when there's a yeah, group. Yeah, well, it's not it's not necessarily to be competitive, but more yeah to be able to 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 do it. But competition is good. I was going to say you'd be surprised. You may look at it like that, but there are some who are very competitive. Oh, I'm I'm don't get me wrong. I'm extremely competitive. <laughs> you know, it's firsthand. Primarily with myself. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's that's the person I need to beat. Was yesterday's version, uh, but yeah. I've, I've toned down my competition with, towards other people. <laughs> it can be quite a turn off, actually, it turns out. <laughs> well, thank you for your brutal honesty and your humor and, and just uh, your encouragement today. Uh, you, you were really a great guest. We really enjoyed having you on the show. Um, we're going to wrap up the show on that note. You guys go check out Ann Bernard at her website and say it again, 365 first challenge challenge.com okay and join and if you want to learn how to tell a story she can help you out with that too yeah thank you for coming on to the show today and um we're gonna sign off for now yeah and i'm gonna leave you with this and life is but a blink so blink slow (laughs) love it thank you guys for having me you're welcome